This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a privilege to be with you as we start another week of broadcasting. And we have entered into one of the most significant times of the year according to God's calendar. We are speaking of the spring feasts of the Lord, Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. All the feasts of the Lord, from Passover to the Feast of Tabernacles, which takes place in the fall, are called appointed times of the Lord. Again, the Lord himself designated these times, and they are significant for all believers in the Lord from a Jewish background as well as from a Gentile background. They are clearly spelled out in Leviticus 23, where the appointed times of the Lord are directed by God. These are called appointed times, and they have prophetic implications as they foreshadow what we read in the New Covenant. This week we'll be sharing Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And Passover is celebrated on the 14th day in the month of Nisan, which, Juni, is the first month on the Hebrew calendar. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is the the religious New Year. We know in, in the fall, in the seventh month, is a civic New Year, but this is a religious New Year. Passover is the oldest continually observed feast in existence. It dates back approximately 3,500 years. Passover presents a picture of our salvation experience as we were set free from the bondage of sin, just as Israel was set free from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And I just want to point out that we're not going to spend that much time on the traditions and Talmudic writing about the feast but we're interested in conveying what does Passover mean to us now. We know it's a historical event that actually took place here on this earth, but we're interested in saying what does it mean for believers today? And Egypt is a picture of the world, so we need to see how important it is to be separated from this world yes, Lord. and be one with the Holy One, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah of Israel. Yes. The origins of Passover can be seen in Exodus chapter 2, verses 23-25. This is the word of God. 
And the sons of Israel sighed or cried because of the bondage, and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. So God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them in Exodus 3. We read of God meeting Moses at the burning bush, and God said the following. If you have your Bibles handy, look with us at Exodus 3, beginning at verse 7. We're reading from verse 7 to 12 in Exodus 3. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. And now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh. This is the Lord talking to Moses. I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12, which is so significant. And God said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Junie, you know, and just looking at uh, this portion of Scripture, I see something so important that wasn't just pertaining to uh, Moses and the Exodus, but it's a word for all of us because, you know, in the Old Testament, the, the union between the Lord and God's people was Emmanuel, God with us. And we see it here in verse 12, certainly I will be with you. But we see a step further when Jesus walked the earth because now it's God in us. So again, it's a great message for all of us. We're going to get back to Passover that we can only be of value to God when we know that God is with us and he sends us. And we can learn a lot from Israel, Shelley, because while they were slaves in Egypt, they cried out to God. They groaned, and God heard their groaning. Yes, Lord. And they cried to God. They didn't complain to one another. They cried out to God, and God heard them and raised up a deliverer who was Moses. And when God spoke to Moses for his commission or his mission to the Jewish people, he said, who am I hmm. that I can deliver the people? And, you know, if you know the Lord, the Lord might speak to you to do something that seems impossible. Who am I that I should go to my mother or father or brother or friend who doesn't want to hear about you? If the Lord puts that in your heart, if you obey him, he will be with you because if you're born again and he lives in you, 
it will be the spirit of truth yes, that he Lord. sent to us that would actually be speaking through us. So this is a very encouraging message during these difficult times in the world to cry out to God. And when he speaks to you, obey, because he'll not only be with you, as Shelley said, he lives within you Hallelujah. and will give you uh, an overcoming life to do what he asks because it will be the spirit of truth yes, Lord. operating through your life. Hallelujah, let it be. So as you probably know the story of Exodus, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And in Exodus 6, 1, we read these words. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion he shall let them go, and under compulsion he shall drive them out of his land. What follows is a series of plagues, but despite them, Pharaoh refused to let the people go. And we pick up the story of Exodus and Passover in Exodus chapter 12. I don't know if we could finish the whole chapter, but let's start and we'll pick it up tomorrow. Before you start, Shelley, just to mention, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And it's very interesting if you're a woman and you bake things, you put ingredients for a cake. And if you put the ingredients in the freezer, they harden. And when you take them out, you can continue making your cake when they thaw out. So the point I want to make is it was in Pharaoh's heart, hatred for Moses and hatred for Israel. So his heart wasn't changed, according to what you read, when he would say he'd let the people go, but his heart became harder yes. and harder and harder. Right. There were nine plagues, and that did not change Pharaoh's heart until, of course, we'll get to the tenth plague, which was the death of the firstborn. But let's start in uh, chapter 12 of Exodus. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. Now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each one should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month, the same month, which is, of course, the day of Passover. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that same night and roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left until morning you shall burn with fire. 
Verse 11, now you shall eat it in this manner with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go throughout the land of Egypt on that night and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Juni, powerful, powerful verses. And what's so powerful about it is the Lamb of God. God had prophesied to our people, and they couldn't see the Lamb of God. And when he came thousands of years later, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So this is really what happened on that Passover night in Egypt. And we're going to pick this up in uh, Exodus 12 tomorrow. I hope, I, we hope that you'll join us. Father, we thank, thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this season, one of the most critical appointed times of the Lord. Significant, that has, Lord. Yes, that has application to all of us as believers, Jew and Gentile alike, who have come to have a personal relationship with Yeshua, our Messiah. We the praise you and thank you. Lamb. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, Shelley and June Volk. Dot com. That's Shelley and June Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. <laughs>